All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So I'm always excited to bring on new guest co-host for you all. As a reminder for the newer listeners, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. And today, my new guest co-host is a close personal friend's referral. And uh, he's a great coach. He's a great business owner. So shout out to Rob Eschbach of F13 Performance right here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Got to support local. Uh, But he literally sent me a text saying, do you want a referral? And I was like, well, sure. I mean, that's how business goes down. That's like free sales and marketing in the business world. I was like, what do you got? He goes, no, for the podcast. I said, oh, sure. Who do you got? He goes, my coach. I was like, well, I love it when coaches have coaches. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got co-founder and head coach of Nlifted with an E. That's an Edward. Nlifted.me, not .com. And this guy's been researching, presenting, and coaching on the power of words. You got to follow the Instagram. You got to listen to the podcast. We're, you're going to give you a little taste of it today on the show uh, because I like how he presents the stories. I like how the communication comes across. It's very approachable, very relatable, and probably because the guy's got a master's degree in education, so that probably helps a little bit. And if he can relate to kids um, and anybody else in the educational world, I give people props. So without further ado, Mark England, sir, welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. So I got to catch up where we just left off. Uh, typical pre-recording, we start blowing out. Yep. And yep. Uh, I'm Aaron from the home studio, which now I'm jealous because you're in the garage and I can see a heavy bag behind you. And I've got mm-hmm. my heavy bag and my quote, it's, you know, because it's a brand, CrossFit uh, gym out in my pole barn. And I've been just towing around with the idea of just setting up like a second mini studio out there. And just hopping out with you tonight. It's like, damn it, that's what I got to do. It just has to get done. There's a loft out there. The guy like built a loft. So I was like, I could put it up in the loft. It's almost like a, like a DJ booth. I don't know. It's important to have goals. What are your thoughts on that? It, you know, I'd write it down and, and enact a plan. And, and you know, um, did, you, did you say barn? Yeah, pole barn. It's only six years old. The guy just built it before he sold the house to me. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I saw a barn dominium last. Oh, night. I follow the feed, and it's being worked uh, into first the goals. <laughs> first time I'd ever heard it. Heard heard the word, dude. It's, a huge, it's a huge feed in the social media world. Really? I, I just found it like a month ago, and I was like, "What in the world?" And, barn dominium. Uh, it becomes obsessive, though. Like anything good. Yeah. Um, or yeah. So, and I'm I'm shocked that that's the first time I've ever heard of a, a barn dominium. We live smack in the middle of uh virginia 10 minutes outside of a one stoplight town oh i like called it called dillwyn virginia we're on about 120 acres and i'll show you a little bit oh, of the grass just got cut I'm yesterday jelly. do you have a pole table yeah. out there i see a pole table billiard lights behind you <laughs> you son <Yep>. of a <laughs> there's the jeep in the background yeah so we've got oh, right yeah. there you, that's, that's the apple orchard that's how we come in i love it yeah, that's how we come in, and then there's hopefully the internet holds bush up. in front of the house. Okay. It'll, it'll, yeah. I'm actually getting closer to the internet. If we go down <laughs> there, all the way down there, we have uh, we're on about a mile of riverfront property on the Slate River. Oh, and jelly. Uh, yeah, I just put a range down there. Opened it up last uh, last I'm, last month. I'm lucky. I have one of the oldest ranges in our area, a mile from the house. 
So really? I could just, I literally one mile, I could ride my mountain bike there. Basically it'd be probably weird to see a guy with an AR strapped on his back, rolling down the road on a mountain bike. But I mean, I'd, I would stop you and ask to be friends with you. Ah, okay. So yeah, I don't have that much land, uh, but literally right before we hopped on here, I was down slope because my land's on a, on a, on a, on like a mountainside. Uh, but mm-hmm. we only have like three acres, but we're surrounded by other people's woods. So it looks bigger than it really is. And I realized nobody set a plan. And I told the wife and she's like, what plan are you talking about? She's like, I want to turn the house white and we're going to rip the deck out and put a giant patio in, which we did last year. It's only $20,000 for a beautiful backyardscape patio. Uh, but I love demo day and I have a dumpster coming tomorrow again, because I found this ghetto tree fort hunting stand down the slope in the woods. And I'm like, well, I can't have that. I need to put a proper stand up because my deer cams are getting lit up like daily. And uh, it's time to hunt this year. And uh, I was like, well, I need to get rid of that. And then I found like old construction material thrown in the woods. Like what's wrong with people? Brick. And, and it's like, you could tell somebody ripped out a brick sidewalk like 10 years ago and just chucked it in the woods. And I was like, okay. I mean, anyway. So uh, this weekend That's, is a big cleanup weekend because I set high, heavy, heavy goals. <laughs> you know what I bet that person also does or does actually doesn't do? Mm. Return the shopping cart. Oh, you I guarantee are so you, right, sir. I guarantee you they don't they don't return the shopping cart. And they don't change the, uh, the paper towel rolls in the bathrooms at your own house. I don't know. I've thrown that out there. I mean, all that stuff, all that stuff like changed OCD. together. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff changed together. You don't, you don't happen to know the, from Allentown, Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the, the Briars, Briars, do Dom, Dominique Briar. That's a, that's a name. Why do I know that? Dude, I you hear a name. Up. I usually, I mean, I'll tell you if I don't know him or not. Dominique. Yeah. Is it B-R-Y, B-R-I-A-R? Mm-hmm. Why should I know this name? I don't know. Wait, is that Dominique the uh, music? Yeah. From Allentown? Yeah. Do you see? Okay. I, I move away. I moved back a few years back. I'm still realizing there's like famous people from this area and I can't even realize. <laughs> yeah. She, I, she and I used to date in college. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah just, see, I just assumed she was from the Carolinas because this. I think she lives there. Hold on. Let me look her up. She yeah. was down there on the Outer Banks for a little bit. All right. Let's uh, here. I always mix in screen sharing in the show anyway. There's Dominique Breyer. Yeah, she's down in Duck, North Carolina. At least that's what this site's telling me from Reverb Nation. So, but that's she, her. But she's from Allentown. Get out of here. She's from Allentown. All right. Well, then. Just gave me somebody else to listen to when I'm out in the pole barn. So, well... <laughs> we're we're, gonna have, we're off to a start. We're, yeah, we are. We're, we're going to have some segues. It's all about bringing it back around. The reason why I brought that the pole barn too is and setting like crazy goals and following through on things is because, God, since you, you know I chatted before recording, my, I aired my first episode way back in 2016. And yeah. after years of podcasting, guesting on other podcasts, uh, publishing my first book, you know, it's just you, there's certain things I feel that transcend no matter who you are, what you do. And when you start putting in the effort, putting in the reps, so to speak, uh, just because we're gym nuts and we got connected from a guy who owns a gym, uh, that all of a sudden, doesn't matter if we're talking about health, business, and lifestyle on the show, mindset comes through more and more. 
every single year I complete another year of episodes and shows and, and growing my business or whatever, or helping other people, launching a charity, publishing book, whatever. The point is, I come back to the podcast because I love podcasting. And I love talking to people about mindset because, dude, my mindset 10 years ago is nowhere near what it is today because I put in a crap load of reps. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. And so, again, full circles because Paul Barn, man zone. I figured you had the man zone. I have a man zone under construction. Rob hooked us up. Jim, guys, Jim's in the pole barn. You're his coach. Okay, I was like, as soon as he sent me your information, I looked you up. I'm like, yes, we're totally going to talk. And I don't script the show, but I know you might have a little bit to talk about mindset. Yep. Um, once upon a time, you ever heard of Barbell Shrugged? Yeah. Yeah, so... I used to be a CFL one coach too, by the way, too. So I mean, oh, right on. Yeah, okay. Rob and I know each other. I, I, you ever hear of the Hot Shots Nineteen workout about Wildland Firefighters from Out West? It's kind of like Murph. It oh, be, yeah, I was it about beats, to say I know a handful of them, and I was about yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, used to okay. be a Hot Shot. I served out west, U.S. Forest Service. On Hot Shots are one of the elite Wildland Firefighting crews. I was on an Arizona crew. Uh, after I left, an, an entire Arizona crew got burned over the Granite Mountain Hot Shots. And again, back to connect all the dots. I moved the workout. When I used to coach, I coached in Bethlehem next to Allentown. And then I befriended Rob, and then I stopped coaching. And then his facility is amazing, and he knows how to rock some events. And I was like, dude, I know it's a tiny little charity workout, but I just want to bring – I was like, if Sunday day in my life, Hot Shots 19 is as well-known as Murph, that'd be cool. And uh, so he, that's where I host it every year, the workout, is at his facility, F13 Performance. So there's some more full circling for you to help connect on that. <laughs> Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shrugged. Um, so once upon a time, I'll back into this story, and which is will take us into mindset. Um, once upon a time in October 2016, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Koh on the island of uh, Lamai Beach on the, the island of Koh in the Gulf of Thailand. It's a, one of the Thai islands and I'm there with my business partner and he, I wake up to a text and we've been, we've been, um, you know, incorporated for two years working together. We'd shot an online course and just couldn't get traction on it. And I wake up to the text in capital letters and he's Mr. Understatement. We have a thousand dollars in the bank. We had just, he just made payroll. We have a thousand dollars in the bank. And I knew roughly where we were at. I didn't know it was, like that hmm. and so i go okay i messaged i went and got a cup of coffee and messaged five friends in the crossfit space three box owners and two competitors I said who's got the best podcast in crossfit and they all came back and said barbell shrugged and one of them circled back and said yeah, oh one, by the way one Mike, of the early like, games back then yeah yeah the one from from my outside understanding, I'm not in the cross, CrossFit space, uh, mm-hmm. you know, professionally or, or, or personally. Even I don't. Um, they were the they were the they were the mouthpiece, and one of them circled back and said, "Oh, by the way, Mike Bledsoe is aware of you and your work. Would you like an introduction?" Yes, I would. So two emails later, we're we're scheduled to go on the show, and I fly from Thailand to Los Angeles to do the show in person. It's called Showing Up, Everybody. Mm. And um, when that show dropped, uh, sales went through the roof, and everything's been different since. And Mike Bledsoe and I became friends. He's and a good dude. He's a, he's a very good dude. And, and he called me a one-trick pony. 
In a and positive said, way or in a negative way? <laughs> in uh, in no way. In, a, in an observing, an, an observer, an ob- from just an hmm. observation perspective. And you know what I did? I said, thank the Lord, because that's all I want to do. Is just do one thing. Hmm. Do one thing and do it well. And that one thing is talk about how our words and stories influence us, for better and for worse, uh, which absolutely falls under the umbrella of mindset. So I can talk about mindset. Hmm. Uh, uh, where would you like? Because I mean, begin? if you heard a thousand, yeah. if you heard, I mean, honestly, the average person, you become an entrepreneur, whether you have partners or not. And because I, I, I've now had my own business, kind of like limped it along in 14 and then kicked it into gear, independent consulting, all that stuff, really, you know, 16, 17, you know, mm-hmm. the podcast launching, a lot of hustle, a lot of hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my wife and I, we've only been married for four years as of St. Patrick's Day. So uh, very patient in the dating process since I'm, I'll be 46 this year. I was a late bloomer in the marriage world. and uh, I'm 47 this year. There you go. So, yeah. So, yeah, the, the mindset component, and again, we can start off from the entrepreneurial perspective, is that is – that holy shit, how the hell are we going to get by? Now, granted, I know things are more affordable in Thailand. <laughs> so if you were in Thailand when that went down, $1,000 can go a long way. I mean, I don't know at that time what are the bills you guys had rolling up, but that's scary. You know, a lot of people get frozen in their tracks, right? So that paralysis by analysis, that's where we're going to start off here, right? It's like, that's what I heard your story. I was like, oh, we're going we're gonna to hit on that because you could have froze, but your mindset was wired differently even back then. You didn't freeze. You immediately got constructive. You got proactive. You're like, wait a minute. Let's pick a niche that's blowing up right now because CrossFit space was blowing up. I mean, it's still popular. But, I mean, that was an explosive era. Uh, so wh- what triggered that mindset growth even back then? Was that due to another coach that you had guiding you? Or had you already busted your nuts so much that it was already kind of firing it was a couple of things one um when we got this thing everybody it's called the reticular activating system and it's 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 a it's a piece of hardware in your brain and it's the lens that you see things through one of those things is yourself one of, another one of those things is the outside world and um i had been actively looking uh, for a, a way to get this thing out there. And so I kept at like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Not how will we ever do this? Or how can I, how can, how, how will we ever launch this course? Look at the words. How will, how will we ever launch this course? I put one word in that sentence ever. It's known as, 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 as uh, uh, dramatics. And, and I spike the, the, the emotion, the drama, I turn a perfectly good question into a statement of I'm screwed. And then it's, it, if, I'm going to sound smart here. It's <laughs> called a presupposition. It presupposes, or let's just, let's just talk about this. How can I ever get over this? Let's say yeah. it's an injury. Okay? Well, How can I ever get over this? And you're, it's all self-inflicting on yourself. So it's a, it's a self-limiting statement and thought process. Yeah. For sure. And 99% of people's self-inflicted limiting thought processes comes down to a lack of education 
basic education about how our words influence us for better and for worse. See, most people's education about their language comes down to spelling, grammar, and definitions. There's a whole other thing that's going on. Your language is influencing aspects of yourself, Mm. your language. And when I say language, I mean internal dialogue and external dialogue. All this shit's rocket science, everybody. I'm kidding. None of it is. (laughs) Internal dialogue, external dialogue. What we think, what we say, what we write. And those that, that our language influences the pictures that we make, the feelings that we feel, uh, how we present ourselves influences our body, how we present ourselves, our posture, and and absolutely our breath. We'll absolutely talk about mindset and breath. Okay, very very important to get that conversation going. So, um, one, I was I was looking for a way to get this out. I presupposed that we could do it. It can be done. And so, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for opportunity. Mm-hmm. So one of my mentors used to say, you create your own opportunity. I agree. You know, show, show me somebody who's successful that's going to disagree with that. Yeah. And then I had gone, I had done a, um, an on-ramp, um, a two-week CrossFit thing in Paradiso CrossFit in Venice in California in 2005. And I went in there and, and then I spent the summer in there and I'm like, these people are different. They're, they're adventurous. Okay. They're doing, they're doing exercises and lifts and stuff that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't learn to do that in high school PE. So you're coming in off the street and you're learning the Olympic lifts, you're learning gymnastics, you're learning kettlebells. So you got to have an adventurous open mind. Okay. And a little bit of bravery. Um, there's a culture there. Okay. They support each other. They're pack animals. They have work ethics and they have goals. They want what they want. And I told my business partner this in 2015. I was like, dude, if we can get this in front of the CrossFit space in the CrossFit, then it, it goes, mm-hmm. it goes. And when that, Smart like I said, target. when that, it just, it, it, for me, it was obvious. And, um, and oh, by the way, to make it even better, they talk about mindset a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a certain way, um, and now now I'm I'm, make, I'm making another call right now. I've been calling this for a, a long time. Is that the conversation in mindset is going to move more and more and more towards specific words, as in what words force you to create the victim mentality, whether you want to or not, and what words help you keep the drama down, stay focused on what's important to you, and build yourself up in your your um, your, your self-image and your, your, your feelings and emotions. Because mm. guess what? The conversation about mindset, as it's been hell, had, it's, it's still happening right now, it's, it's usually had in this big picture, philosophical, hard to enact thing. It's this mind, it's your mindset. It's your mind. You got to work on your mindset. Uh, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I do. I just got to work on my mindset. I just got to, and, and, and most of the time people will just default to the David Goggins gear. It's like, I just got to be t- tough and smash through everything. Which isn't David right for Goggins, <laughs> well, It's not even right for David Goggins because yeah. he, he, he stretches two hours a night. He figured out that only having first gear and a brush bar on the front of his, you know, lifted Jeep, that's only going to get him so far. He needs to have all the gears and to be able to reverse and put it in neutral, turn the damn thing off and change the oil and like, and treat it like, like a, a holistic mechanism. Right. And, um, and, and so, so in, in a, in a very real way, mindset, that conversation, working on your mindset and all you've got is the big picture stuff you've got, it's, it's impractical as in it's, it's hard to practice, hard to practice. 
when we add in what words to use less of and why, only if you want to, um, uh, like I said, stay focused on what's important to you and keep the drama low, and what words to use uh, more of and why, if, if only if you want to you know, build up your confidence and incre- increase your listening skills and um, become a more interesting and enjoyable person to converse with, um, then then we got to go to the words because once we put that part in, and we're gonna we'll do that today. Once we put that part in, the conversation about mindset now becomes practical. Keyword practice. I can practice using my words different. As in the great Alan Watts knew this all way back in the day. He said, when you learn to think about your thinking, you become alive in a new way. Most people are not thinking about their thinking. They're just thinking. And I can sum up our business in a variety of one-sentence ways. We help people think about their thinking. We get people's. We, we help people getting their language hmm. working for them. Most oh, people's yeah. language is working against them. Oh, especially their internal language, hands down. Dude. Yeah. Dude. I mean, Garbage. we're all guilty of it. Let's be fair. I mean, until you've wrapped your head around it. I mean, I, I'm – you came from the you're coming from the educationalist perspective, and I I went I went back to school as an adult student before I went out west to be a, a I left the corporate life and went to go try that wild and firefighting adventure, and everybody thought I was crazy because I was already in my 30s. So I was like, "That's well, badass as hell, man." I yeah, don't know, sort of. I mean, I've got a similar story, dude. <laughs> I I got a one I got a one way ticket. Yeah, and I had five hundred dollars in the bank when I flew over to Thailand in 2007 to, to go pro as a coach at this fasting and cleansing resort on that same Island. And I left a teaching career and that's, I just, I went for it. Now I know why Rob got us connected many other things, but yeah, I mean, I literally got rid of the townhouse, got rid of the used Audi that I was driving my corporate jobby job. I made sure I made sure I was the first person in my family to finish education. So I said, all right, let me, let me, I paid my way through school did a, a dual major, and uh, finally, in, in the end, after ma- changing my mind so many times, I finished off with a BS in marketing, but most importantly, psychology. Mm. And I tell people all the time, you don't need a college degree to be successful in life. Just because I have one, no one's ever asked me for it. But I will say, I'm very passionate about psychology. And that is one science that you can take away with great educational guidance great instructors. And that was something that really I still use to this day. I mentioned that in my book too. It's like, dude, that's something that got me through being a hotshot. Everybody was calling me the old guy. I was 31, not at old, but it was just like the military. They're, they're recruiting dudes coming in fresh out of the high school star football team, man, 18 to 21. Like that was two thirds of my crew. And so, yeah, I guess I was kind of the old guy, but that mindset got stronger and and easier for me because I'd already put a lot of reps in, been through uh, some co- career growth already, hustled my way through school on nights and weekends as an adult student. Uh, but in the end, you'll appreciate this, superintendent, superintendent of the crew didn't care because I'm giving you a shot because one, yeah, you're older, but he goes, one, I'm hoping that your head isn't up your ass like a lot of the kids I hire. Two, I'm hoping that he's like, you know, you're, Level education doesn't apply. He's like, I could care less about your degree. Doesn't apply to being a firefighter. He's like, I need asses and elbows. He's like, you're bent over digging the dirt and wielding a chainsaw. That's going to be your life 16 hours a day for the next, like the entire summer. Um, but How his, ripped did you get? It was, I was strong. <laughs> I mean, dude, your job was, you got 50 Bro. pounds of gear on your back. You're hiking with a 25, 30 pound chainsaw up a freaking mountain. And then you're picking up, while the pack is on, you're picking up tree rounds and then throwing them. I mean, it was so much fun. I mean, exhausting and 
yeah, 20 other dudes will piss you off by, by, we, we served from our, our crew cause we were out of Arizona was, uh, all, all April to end of September and August we nicknamed dirty August. Like people are like, dude, just one more month, man. Cause you're doing 16, dude, you do 2000 hours in a summer. So you better get a strong mindset. You better find patience because that's what a nine to fiver with two weeks of paid vacation does. Do the math, ladies and gentlemen. I've mentioned on the show before, nine to five, 40 hour week, two weeks of paid vacation, 365 days, you know, dude, that's 2000 hours. We did it in six months. So, um, I have so much more respect ever since that career choice for police and EMS, first responders, military. Yeah. I, I'm like, I only did it for a couple of years. I'm nothing. These people who choose to do that the rest of their lives, like crazy people like Goggins and other people who have done that, like, dude, respect. That's respect. Um, but my mindset was definitely tested, man. Um, but that psychology, that helped me. Just that's that little backstory on that is that, but I think when people hear that, I, I hope they, they're hearing that just because you have your upper level education and I've got the psychology doesn't give us a, a different position that's unattainable by people hearing this. If they're just late, my favorite quote, I want to get your feedback on it is we're just at a different place on the timeline. I started using that years ago on this show because I didn't have a clue years ago and I got more of a clue today, but I still got a lot more of a clue to attain. What are your thoughts on that? How do you work on that with people with that mindset development? What's their, what's the one line, what's the one line or issue? Well, it's just like, I tell people like, listen, man, it's like, you're just at a different place in the timeline you might be oh, so people younger than you, right? Or like, they're look, older than me, you. but maybe they haven't done haven't the mindset the work time. yet. Exactly, and so it's like, okay, yep. maybe I'm t- I got two years on you. So if you start embracing coaching and following these, you know, amazing inf- like years ago, I didn't know what the hell an influencer was. I didn't believe in coaching. I didn't believe in people yep. telling me what to do. I just thought oh, I'll figure it out on my own. And then you're spinning your wheels, and then I was like, dude, my timeline could have been exponentially faster if I was willing to get out of my own way. Yeah, that's, that's um, whether it's a, a, a direct answer to your question, what comes to mind is the difference between beginner syndrome and imposter syndrome. Mm. Most, most people get those two things confused. Okay. And m- very rarely do people have real imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is, is, is when I walk into a jujitsu school and I've, I've got a black belt on and I'm, I'm just a blue belt. Okay. Beginner syndrome is the awkwardness of thinking that I should be better at this uh, uh, than I am, um, even though I've got very few hours on the clock with the skill set. Or the the all, all, extremely easy thing to do is to look over and see someone and, um, you know, whether they've, you know, they've been there six months longer or two years, maybe they just got there and they're, they're just naturally stronger the, and, and you start comparing yourself and, um, and then, and then, you know, and, and, and if you keep going, you can talk yourself out of doing shit that would add value to your life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get those two things mixed up. Yeah. Actually, I don't think anybody's no, ever Everybody brought goes that through awkwardness. Nobody's brought up that compa- I love where you hit on just now, man, because I've been to so many conferences, entrepreneurial events, um, I've been out to the West coast, California to, uh, hang, you ever hear of Cole Hatter? He's, he's big in the real estate, uh, world, but his event, oh God, he had a, he was hosting that for like five, six years. It was called thrive, make money matter. Um, it was just teaching entrepreneurs and people how to 
balance their success by also aligning with charity along the way. And basically, mm -hmm. you know, Hey man, like as you, if you, you know, assign a percentage of your income, as you grow the income, your donations grow. It's that and finding purpose behind what you do. And it was, it was great events, uh, but he's got his own mastermind and stuff like that. Uh, but that was just something that the events like that people bring up, Oh man, like how do you get over imposter syndrome? And I see that being tossed around now a ton in the social media space, uh, the you know up and coming influence. Well, I call I'm gonna I'm being nice. Eighteen year old life coaches, gonna teach people how to get over the uh, the the imposter syndrome and being more successful. Yeah, you got it. You got it all figured out at the ripe old age and, uh, of yeah. seventeen. I'm not. Oh, and pe job. People are like, oh, well, I, I've done. I said this to somebody one time. They're like, well, that isn't that kind of like ageism. And I'm like, dude, you're eighteen. I'm sorry. I'm just calling a spade a spade, dude. Yeah, those those are the people that that, that can't <laughs> recognize the difference between uh, uh, someone who's elderly and an elder. Yeah, you know, there's a lost yeah. art being willing to sit down with somebody in the quote aging class and listen and hear a couple stories, right? Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if a, the quote imposter syndrome versus beginner syndrome was even discussed 50 years ago, or and if it was, did they call it that? those two different versions or was it reflected in a different way? I don't know. That, that, um, that helped me a lot when I heard that there, no, there's actually two things going on here. And most of the time it's the beginner syndrome, which is all the beginner syndrome is, is the awkwardness of learning a new skill. Okay. It's the, it's the awkwardness of, of being new to a scene. Okay. It's the awkwardness of starting Right. And most people tie that into something called a telephobia. Okay. The fear of not being good enough. Mm. And so this awkwardness, yeah, there's a name for it, everybody. This awkwardness um, pushes those buttons and then, and then it's really easy to, here's, here's an example of what happens when we don't stay in the game long enough to get the fucking fuck over ourselves. And so um, I rode bicycles with this guy, Tucker Percy. And, um, he, I lived in Thailand. It, it sounds strange to say I lived over there for 10 years. Okay. And um, the first five was in Bangkok. I was an elementary school PE teacher at an international school. Great gig. Yeah. And he came over there. He had just gotten out of the army and, and we had an apartment there for about a year and a half. Anyway, he goes to China and he gets into Chinese tea. And he meets a, a woman at a Chinese tea shop, and um, they get married, and they come back over to the United States. She uh, uh, specializes in international import-export. And in that could 2000 – a high-dollar business. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, right? And um, and so in 2009, he goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I want to start a podcast. Remember podcasting in 2009? Oof. Right? And, and he, he goes, we'll do it in my garage. I'll set up a studio and we'll, we'll have tea and then, and then I'll sell my tea. So he bought 17 drums of oolong tea. Dear Lord. Okay? Okay. And all of the setup, all the, all the, the pots and the things and the, this and the, that, and the other web, like, and, and so here's the deal. He's going to talk about whatever on the podcast over tea and then pitch the tea at the end. And, and. You know how many you've done four hundred and a lot. You've done a lot of podcasts. Oh, I still have like thirty uh, more in the tank already recorded. So I've already recorded 
over yeah. 440 shows. So dude, that's that's a lot. I've been on 342. Yeah. This is my 342nd podcast that I've been been. Yeah, but you don't. On. You're not actually doing that all with your own show. Like you're out there hustling and helping influence other people's audiences. That's that that's the hard part. Trying to do both, run a show and have the time to get out on other people's shows. It's a struggle. So it's you're 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 right. And and on that side note, we have a show. We yeah. get in lifted, and oh, I, I do not host it. I don't host it. I go on there every two months or so. And, um, and so, yeah, you, you and I both had, can talk about podcasts for sure. Yeah. And, um, there it is and so your site right they, there, man. Yeah. And lifted.me yep. when you scroll to the bottom of the website, ladies and gentlemen, the show is linked right there, which again, smart move. I've taught that for years as well. I've spoken at conferences. I'm like people, if you don't have a website, number one, your brand doesn't exist. But number two, if you're launching a podcast, at least put it on the site. I mean, don't just trust the podcast world. I mean, put it on the site. So well done. <laughs> thank, thank you. Put it out there and let yourself be seen. That's all. That's another part of the mindset conversation too, because most people are are stuck um, mm-hmm. between a, a a deep desire to be recognized, to be seen, and a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a that's a nasty limbo right there. Anyway, Tucker, per- you know how many podcasts he did? Three. I was his first guest. You know why it's only three? Over I, there's I forget the, the the statistic was still this over eighty five percent of first time shows never make it to seven. They just either they didn't really have their mind into it or they realize there's a lot of heavy lifting for no reward and they just fizzle out. It's just thousands of shows just launch or don't even launch. <laughs> But like, did he, did he think he was gonna sell tea after the first episode? <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. What I do know is why he why he why he stopped it. Okay, it's because he didn't like the sound of his own voice. Get over it. Who does? Who likes the sound of their own voice when they first hear it? Listen, everybody, yeah. you got to go through an awkward phase. Yeah. You go to a CrossFit gym and you start taking classes. You're not going to go with that. You're not going to go. What the hell's going on? Hey, here's for a, a while, example. as a CFL one who used to be a regular class attendee and then goes and coaches at the facility that he used to be the class attendee at. Like that was awkward for me when I became a coach. That was my free time, and I was like, "That was the first time." Hell, go back and listen. Same if thing. I go back and listen to my first three episodes, I was like, "Dear Lord, I sound like a rookie." But that's 2016, and it's 2023 now. So, yeah, we've. I think we've put in a few reps since then. So, a thousand percent. Most coaches last three months. Interesting. Now, when you say coaches, it's, it's are you same fr- thing. coach in general or in a sport like CF, like CrossFit, or coach, coaching in general? Okay. Wow. People, people that 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 identify themselves as a coach and receive payment for it. So here's and that could funny. be a nutrition coach, it could be a, a fitness coach, it could be a life coach, whatever. Dude, I've been, I've worn many hats uh, in my life at, at only forty five, <clears throat> but I've been. I was my, was my job title, uh, the corporate gig before I left to be a firefighter. They had changed, they got rid of our managerial titles, hired this consulting company, did a deep dive training for two weeks down in Nashville, and then turned us into coaches. They wanted us to coach and train and develop our people, not just, and then help them find a career path in the company. I'll give them a shout out. I've, I said it before, like T-Mobile. I was very impressed by them. I was managing call centers, 30, 40 person, t- 30, 40 person teams. It was a very big growth opportunity for me and my mid to late 20s like what did i know uh but my point is i've 
trained people in cycling. I've trained people in nutrition. I've been a coach to CFO one. I've, I taught spinning. I was a spinning instructor for six years. I've always had health and fitness wrapped into my lifestyle. That's why we talk about health, business, and lifestyle on this show, because I've reminded people that if you don't put your health and fitness as a priority, you will not be successful. doesn't matter if it's your business or you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee or whatever it may be. You, you need to have that energy and that flow and your health and fitness is a huge component of that. So it doesn't matter if I have a coaching title or not, but I, I but fast forward to today. I've had people tell me like, Oh, would you coach me? I'm like, I'm not a coach. And they're like, but you've done so many quote coach roles. So I'm open to your, your criticism on me because I was like, you know what? There's just so many coaches out there. I don't want to have that label on my card. <laughs> That's why I made that decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you train like top end, high level coaches, so and develop them. So I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I'm open to your criticism. <laughs> yeah, I there I have none. What I do have is an understanding. Um, so everybody, just a, a, a quickie on me. I've been somewhere between full time and overtime the whole time, researching, presenting, and coaching on the power of words and stories for the past 16 years. Wow. I'm one of the co-founders and head coach. I'm the head coach of Enlifted. I deliver all the trainings. And what we do is we certify coaches in how to – the conversation starts with dismantling the victim mentality. Hmm. And the um, our level one certification, they are – all of the course, all the trainings are delivered live. And uh, they're small groups. It's maximum 10 people, nine weeks. And it's, it's very – just very – Tons and tons and tons of touch points because, and we do call it coaching, fine, and because you got to call it something. And it's for for me and for the team and for most of our coaches, especially the ones that use the stuff and get bit by the bug. This is way more than coaching. This is an art. This is a craft. And I am a craftsman and I'm an artist. This is a practice. This is a path as in learning to use words in a um, an empowering, constructive way to in order to, like I previously said, dismantle the victim mentality. I'm very happy to recite the definition of the victim mentality. Uh, once again, I usually do it on podcasts. Most people have never heard the definition of the victim mentality, the much less written definition? it down. Okay. Pure definition. Yeah. Let's hit it. And, let's hit it. You want let's it? hit it. Why not? Yeah. All right, everybody. If you have a so here, here are the numbers: 30, 50, 80. We remember thirty percent, or th we remember thirty percent of what we hear, fifty percent of what we write, eighty percent of what we turn around and share and teach. So, pick up a pen and a piece of paper, and if you write down the definition of the victim mentality, you'll get an extra twenty percent of return on investment for your time listening to the show, and you'll be in a very exclusive group of people that have ever, much less heard the definition, written it down. So I'll do it twice. I'll do it slow, and then I'll speed it up the second time and add some context. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others even in the absence of clear evidence, the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I took a pinch out of the middle, and that's the verbatim definition of the victim mentality. Uh, uh, I have yeah. a feeling so, you've said this many times. 
That's impressive that you just yeah. rocked it like that. <clears throat> yeah. I can barely I've, keep up with the with the shorthand because I, I mean because I believe in what you said uh, about yeah. writing things down. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of audiobooks. I travel so much on business, but uh, yeah, you got to I, I pull over all the time and write things down. I pause. Yeah, me too, I pause that digital smart. content. Yeah, because I was reminded by actually a great business coach who used to I used to uh, I've changed coaches a couple times over the years in the business world because. You top out, you need a new perspective, whatever it may be. And But one of my mentors taught me that. I say, Scott, go old school, man. Write stuff down. He's like, I get it. You're high tech. You're fancy. Yeah. I got, Dude, actually, this I, is, play, I decided to start this, playing with these light duty uh, mole, uh, the mole style little notebooks. But yeah. Mole skin? Yeah, yeah. I got, the, I got a good story on that. Yeah, so I write things down and then uh, I, I go through my day and I scratch them off. And if I didn't get to something, I move it over. And there's just something extremely satisfying about having everything scratched off. I, I'm, I'm old school, mm-hmm. majorly old school. Here, here's the definition of the victim mentality. Again, sped up with some, with some context. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends, it's a tendency, folks. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. They tend to regard themselves as the victim of the negative actions of others even in the absence of clear evidence, yes, we'll make shit up if necessary to support our worldview. It's called confirmation bias. Second sentence, the victim mentality depends, everybody underline that word as in it has to have a habitual thought process and attributions. Habitual thought process, habitual accurately accurately implies duration and addiction. And then thought process. What's a thought process? It's certain words used repetitively over time. That's what a thought process is. And then attributions. What's an attribution? It's a characteristic. The main one we focus on is the breath. Most people's language is working against them unbeknownst to them. And their breath is trapped in their chest unbeknownst to them because they're too consumed with the story. They're too too consumed believing that, oh, yeah, I got it right the first time. It's my own voice in my own head. Yeah, let's just run with it. What, what, what could possibly go wrong? And so when someone's breathing in a stressed state, in a sympathetic nervous system response state, it puts them in something called amygdala hijack. That's a term that Daniel Goleman coined in his book, uh, Emotional Intelligence. And what happens when you are in a stress state or a sympathetic nervous system re- response state or you're upregulated, they're all the same thing, or amygdala hijack, you get fixated on stuff. And not only do you get fixated on things, your, uh, your, your listening ability tanks. And you also lose access to your literal peripheral vision because of fixation and your creative faculties. So we have a saying in the enlifted coaching system, in the enlifted coaching method, good breathing equals good coaching. Here's why. Good breathing equals good listening and good listening equals good coaching. So good breathing equals good coaching. Get your breath, breathe well while you're coaching someone and watch what happens. Let's take out coaching and putting, put in, um, uh, anything. I, I was going to tell you where we can hit on this. Cause I've actually trained people on this sales one-on-one dude, slow down, control your breath, pause and listen. Because if you just start going off, remember the old micro machines commercials when we were kids? Those little micro they were like they were like smaller than Matchbox. Yes. The commercial yes. on TV was like this dude just speaking at a mile a minute. It's like I just it's that stuck in my head. This dude was like the fastest commercial known to man because the guy would speak faster than any normal human being. And I'm like micro machines. Yeah, but 
that's an example. And it's like, do you really expect the value to get across? Like, no. And I've had to remind myself of that over the years too. That that's that's a that's a lesson. Um, you ever heard of Jeffrey Gittimer? No. He wrote what? the S- sales Bible, Little Red Book of Selling. Oh. It's the most pop. Then yes, see, it's funny because when you said David Goldman, I didn't think of that. But then I've actually listened to Emotional Intelligence three times in my Audible library because I love that book. But I wasn't placing the name, and I know that book. I have the sales Bible probably somewhere. So because I believe that everybody is a salesperson. Doesn't matter who you are in life, dude. It's it's so true. Jeffrey Gittimer, so my business partner, uh, Adam, built his uh, recording studio. Was uh, uh, a men- he, w- he was his mentor for a number of years. Um, I was with Jeffrey uh, two weeks ago down in Charlotte. I stayed with him. He's a, he's 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 a G, um, dude. Right? I mean, yeah. And go. his his wife Jen Gittimer, um sales in a New York minute. He's got a Jeffrey's got a very good podcast called Sell or Die. He's um, he's just an OG in the game, and. Uh, uh, he, most people do not learn the very valuable lesson when it comes to sales of how important their breathing is. When I was head of sales for Procabulary and, and, and then lifted for the first six years, and I took <laughs> listen to these numbers, everybody. I, I took us from a, a four figure business, <laughs> four, four to six, four to six. That's decent. I mean, I was running a six. I was running you a were six. We're at a thousand at one point, so there's your four. I mean, very yeah, early on, I, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, and six is nice, but six is six is it's 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 better than four. Yeah. It's better than five, and it's way better than four. And here's the, here's the thing, everybody. When and and most of it comes from lack of preparation or lack of belief in your product. Okay. That's that. And and then and then of course there's the identity part that we bring into everything that we do. When someone is breathing poorly in a sales conversation and their breath is trapped in the chest, the person, the your prospect is going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And and they're 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 listen, deliver from here, speak too fast, uh, make it all about you and and just talk until something positive like and, until they buy, they're you're gonna you're gonna turn them off. Get your breath. That's amateur hour selling, breathing from your chest. Mm-hmm. The pros are are relaxed Deep and they're breathing. Breathing, they're breathing low and slow. Yeah. And so they can have this nice fluid dialogue with the person. And then and then you're like, okay, I, I trust this person. I learned that a long time ago because then I get to hear those little cues. And then people don't realize so, they're, they're yeah. giving me the ammo that I need to close the deal. So I make the joke because nowadays I – I work for myself. My biggest contract is for a sales representation firm. And then I train their people every Friday. But I I'm, I go meet with all the CEIOs of their target companies because – What's a CEIO? I just I, I make fun of all the titles. I just call them CEIOs. Like CEO, oh, right. CIO, COO, CFO. Dude, I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was like, what, like, what's a CFO? Whatever. We have a CLO. We, yeah. have, a, we have a CLO at Enlisted. Hey, I was like, what the, what's a CLO? It's chief learning A officer. great buddy of mine I knew. He was a rugby player. He and I ran a marathon together back in 08, the Marine Corps down in D.C. And uh, he, when I created my, my business, he goes, by the way, he goes, he's like, you're probably going to call yourself a CEO. He said, like, do a little flip on that. Capitalize the I. Uh, in 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 the word I'm going to give you, and make that the part of CEO. I'm like, what? He goes, Google Intrepid, and I said, okay, and I did, 
And he goes, remember when you left to go be a firefighter and I told you not to? I was like, yeah. He goes, you're one crazy intrepid motherfucker. He's like, put that in your job title. <laughs> so my CEO is technically means chief intrepid officer. Uh, but I have fun with that in my branding because it's a conversation starter. But back to your you point. got me. Hooked me. I was yeah. like, all right. Dude, that this? belly, the belly breathing. It's huge. Uh, uh, for example, I love the, I forget the exact term of it, but I call it the double breath. Like when you hit that nice, as you're walking into a meeting, everybody's got their backs to you or whatever. You're all walking as a herd. Just take that big, deep nose breath. And at the very end, there's still more room left. Hit that extra little boom, that extra little pocket, that extra little inhale before you do a nice, slow, controlled you know, exhale as you're sitting down in the chair or however they're going to arrange that meeting. And I'm telling you, man, that's a game changer. It's not just resetting the breath, but there's like this extra high in your brain, like that extra dose of O2. It's, it's solid. And uh, I, again, I heard on somebody's podcast probably two, three years ago, and it's stuck in my head. So, because breath and, is and make a, make a very safe assumption that the majority of the people in the room are breathing in their chest. Mm. They're consumed with a story, a telephobia, not being not being good enough for whatever reason. Yeah. Even though I I don't deserve to be there, even though you're you're there. Well, you're, then it's like, funny because I'm the guy outside the company, and then if it's if it's literally a COO and a CIO and a CFO in the meeting, and the CEO is not there. It's funny actually because if you're really lit, breathing and listening, this happened like a month ago. I was trying not to laugh. They're doing that the the breath in the chest, but you could tell they're pumped. They're they got the suits on, and I I don't have a suit. I don't I, I have a rule. I don't wear suits to meetings anymore. I'm like I'm sorry. I served my country, fought fire. I was like I, I wear a nice pair of jeans, and if I'm speaking on stage, I might throw a jacket on. But I'm really into the whole vest out of a three piece suit, like a vest and jeans. I don't know. I wear my hot shot belt buckle. I don't give a crap. That's my thing. But it's funny because you can see them posturing. Like who's going to, I guess, counteract the outsider with more authority or something? Like first, you know, It's like, dude, you guys are all on the same team. I'm the outsider trying to sell you. So why are you posturing against each other? It's just hilarious to watch. <laughs> but are, are you, pe- do you people notice Jeffrey, these things? You and Jeffrey Gittimer would have such a great show. You want, you want me to see if I can get him to come on your show? I would, I'm honored. I'd love to, yeah. So. All right, I'm going to write this down because I know what happens. When no, yeah, well, we, I've been taking notes all the whole down. time. <laughs> yeah. Scott and Jeffrey. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's very generous, very accessible, very blunt. He is a blunt Straight instrument of the divine. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And has written – he might have written 35 books on sales. Has it been that many now? It's, it, it, it's at definitely over 20. I have, I have at least – two or three in my library. Because the problem is I purposely shrunk my library cabinet when I moved here. We, we, our old house, I lived at a thousand square feet and we rented half the house. Now we have way more nice. space, way more land. It's, 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 it's awesome. But then I realized, I'm like, well, what's the point if I already read the book a couple of times? I give them away now. And like, if somebody brings something, I'm like, I'm sending you that book. If I got it, you're getting it. I'd rather pass on the knowledge. And then it frees up spots for new books. And it's just, because there's certain books I have to physically buy. And nowadays, I travel so much, I'll listen to the audiobook. But then if I know there's a lot of note-taking that I need to do, I'll go back, order the physical book, and then double down. So that's just another little hack that I, I choose to do. So, I mean, everybody's their own. Uh, by the way, are you, are you good going past the top of the hour? 
because we're very okay. This is my last thing to do. Oh, sweet. For, this is my last work thing to do. I just want to respect your time. So I appreciate it. But uh, you know, you know what our definition of mindset is? Please share. So here's here's a fun thing to do. Now this is the in lifted position on mindset because there's a lot this of positions the, on mindset. Correct. Correct. <laughs> this is this is better than a position. This is a definition. Ooh. Most this is a fun thing to do. Uh, ask people that talk about mindset. What is it? What is it? What's the definition? And most of the time, here's you're going to get some clunky, big, philosophical thing that's hard to enact. Here's the enlifted definition mm-hmm. of mindset. It's the story that you tell yourself. Short, sweet, and simple. It's the story that you tell yourself to yourself. It's the story that you tell yourself about yourself. It's the story that you tell yourself of what you can do and what you can't do. It's the story you tell yourself about you about what, what you deserve to have and what you don't deserve to have, what is possible and what isn't possible. And guess what, folks? Here's the punchline. That story is made up of words. That story is made up of words, and we're participating in that story. Mm. See, most people's language tricks them into being innocent bystanders in their, in, in their story, and that's existentially terrifying. Uh, uh, be, being being a spectator in the stands, and in reality, it's, it's and I get it. It's the best news. It's the worst news. Sweet, I'm creating my own reality. Fuck, I'm creating my own reality. Because if you if you go there, go there. You're yeah. like, okay, well, um, you know who who's who who's talking down to me yeah. most of the time? Myself, right? Who? Yeah. Like it's it, it, dude. I mean, let's let's get let's get let's get honest, everybody. Who's talked more trash to you than you? There's no, there's not even a close second. I can easily I'm, say oh, yes. It's definitely me. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, me, me too. Me Self-depre- too. Self-deprecation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's you know, and and when you start playing that game of from going external because that's how the english language is used most often it's externalized vague and inflammatory and you start changing words because you're learning about what words force you to go external and then and then you start going like this um uh, things get very real it gets very uncomfortable for part of you that's that's comfortable um being absolved of responsibility of your life it's, that's called being a, playing the victim mm. um and, and let me get this on the table too because i understand the politics of the day and i i also doubt that many of your listeners would be falling into the category victim blaming this is not victim blaming this is victim mentality explaining those are two very different things oh i have a very strong statement on that i mean related to that is uh, just to add in for you here so you understand my audience is again actually i will tie this back to t-mobile i still can't believe i I give them a shout out from time to time they got two they've gotten two shout outs dude i can't remember if it was a mission statement or a value statement but it stuck with me and they said listen we are all personally and collectively accountable for our results. So let's tie that into the mindset, right? Because everybody's like, oh, man, you need a more positive mindset. I'm like, okay, well, do tell. Yeah, how, how do I do that? How? Right. How do I do that? Right. And then the how is with different words. Because hmm. here's, the, here's the reality of it. If you keep using the same words, you're going to keep creating the same pictures. You keep using the same words, you're going to keep creating the, the, the same feelings and emotions. As in, you're going to keep creating the same stories, which that, that is your mindset. Here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's more of the backstory of how I got into this line of work. I did not see this coming, by the way. Mm. 
and um, and a specific example of what happened when a woman changed one word in one sentence, which was the Lord of the Rings sentence to a victim-centric story that she'd been telling herself for four years about a nasty breakup. So me, I think I'm a tough guy back in the day. I wrestled in high school, got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu in college. Thai boxing was right around the corner. I had a handful of MMA fights. I won a couple of state kickboxing titles. And so cool. Uh, um, I go to Thailand for a year. And the plan was go over there for a year, polish up the skills, come back, go pro. Okay, and that's, that, you're deep in the culture right there, man. So, oh, dude, that's it's their um, it's their national sport. Yeah, and um, and so that's totally not what happened. I go over there, I move over there in 2002. Six months in, I'm having my second knee surgery, and um, Darkness descends, man. The, the doctor said, your career as a fighter is over. You could become a very good swimmer. And I'm picturing doing laps next to grandma at the pool. Not what I had in mind at 26. And so I took that. And I'd only had my passport for two years, everybody. This was a major move. I had three going away That's parties. very shocking. Yeah. Right? It was just it was Dude, just. Dude, I like, had three uh, going away okay. parties, and I was only going to the other side of the country. <laughs> Because and everybody knew that everybody you knew that knew you were I, doing I it. I might never come back. I mean, you know, but yeah. yeah. And um, so this is a this is the biggest move I'd ever made in my life, figuratively and literally. And I cock it all up. And so I use that as the final piece of 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 evidence, damning evidence in a case that I was secretly making against myself that I was there was something wrong with me I was born to born failure uh, I was I was doomed to fail uh and and I just wasn't good enough and you went for it buddy and you messed it up and now here's the proof I didn't laugh for a year mm. anyway um I'm I was, I was elementary oh it was the worst dude yeah. um and the best and so finally I got sick of myself I was like uh, and and I looked down that path and I I saw myself 55 years old. And I was like, dude, are you going to be complaining about a, a mediocre at best fight career? Cause I was never really that good. Uh, um, uh, when you're 55, I was like, if you do that, then you really are a loser. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, anything but that as soon as basically, as soon as that idea showed up also known as open, I'm being, I'm, 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 I'm open for something. Mm -hmm. Um, my, the vice principal came back and he said, you know, man, I just went down to this, uh, really cool fasting resort on, on, on the island of Koh Samui. And um, it's a really interesting scene and I think you'd like it. And he gave me the website and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll go down there and pay to not eat. It's a great business model. <laughs> I pay them and I don't get to eat, right? They get, I, I get a I coconut. I started playing with fasting in 2010. So I, I'm with you, man. It's, uh, I never paid to go do it. I, I learned it, but I mean, it's still, it's, <laughs> it's a great business it's a, model. It's a phenomenal business model. I got a coconut in a yoga class and, mm. and I just, I just got to sit there and stare at stuff. Um, and, uh, I liked it and the scene was cool. And I went back and I went back again on my third trip down there. There was a guy by the name of Barry Musgrave, uh, unbeknownst to me, he would turn into my first mentor in this work. And he was doing a workshop on emotional detoxification hmm. and me and all my wisdom <clears throat> ageism you're right uh <laughs> laughed i laughed at it. i was like emotional detoxification but i went and he talked about words 
and he talked about stories and he talked about breathing and he talked about identity. And then he goes, um, is anybody stuck on the story? And this woman shot her hand up and she told the story and it did, dude, nasty breakup. Here it is real quick. Her is in, is in college. Her friends get a house down at the beach for a week. Her boyfriend's friends, all his friends and him and get the house next door, add alcohol, press play. He hooks up with her best friend in front of everybody one night Dude. and then dumps her in front of everybody the next night. Oh, that's a psychological trauma right there. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Was you I mean, go, double whammy. Oh, exactly. Oh. We can all say, ouch. I mean, nowadays say, people ouch. want to watch that on television, including my wife. Dude. I'm like, stop it. I can't stand drama TV. But anyway. <laughs> and he had her tell the story. And oh. he didn't touch any of the words. He, she, she played the story three times. Told the story through angry, crying. Okay, tell it again. And he started having her change some words, which changed the lens, which changed the perspective. And then, and now she's sad, no tears. And Stu knew what he was doing. Hmm. Third time through, he stopped her at the Lord of the Rings sentence, the one that held the whole thing together, the linchpin. And it was this. And this definitely goes back to the, the victim mentality, everybody, and the habitual thought processes that it has to have. He did that to me. He did that to me. He had her say it three times. So everybody's staring at the same sentence, the same spell. Webster's definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. No puppy dog tails or bubbling cauldrons, nothing. Okay. And it goes both ways. A spell can be, you know, um, nothing ever works out for me is a combination of words of great influence or um, I'm really good at showing up is also a combination of words of great influence. One constricts, one expands. Hmm. So we're in the spell casting, spell breaking game. That's another way to talk about what we do in Elliptic. We're, we're language geeks. And, um, and, and, and so he did that to me. He had her take that last word out, take out me and put in himself. Yes. Right? Coin and flip. It was, Dude, it was such a radical departure from the story that she had been relentlessly telling herself since it happened. She delivered it clunky, and it went up at the end. It's called Up Talk. He he did that to himself, Mm -hmm. and then you see it catch, and the breath releases. He did. He did do that to himself. And then she starts talking about the friends that he lost and all the – like it was – I would have loved to have her on like a brain scam. Dude. And you just see the synaptic pathways just freaking lit up. I mean, like that, a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. And and then she walked herself right out of the store. She goes, you know what? It was never. I think I was actually it was really weird. It was never going to work out anyway. Yeah. And then I saw that, and I was like, wow. Because I had that same story. Hmm. He did that to me. We should. He shouldn't have been kicking that hard. We were just warming up, you know. And um, I fell in love on sight, man. I really did. And and I appreciate this. This this also ties back to um, you know, you're not a coach and neither am I. I'm a practitioner. I'm a practitioner, I'm a craftsman, I'm an artist, and this is my craft, this is my practice, this is my path, this is my art, as in the the oration. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 understanding the power and the mechanism of our language and using it consciously to stay focused on what I want and get things across the finish line and have fun and be, you know, uh um uh, 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 decent to be around most of the time. Yeah, that's enough, right? Uh, well, I love and, that. Uh, I love that. Decent, well, most of the time, exactly, right? Because 
Yeah. I can't stand the word perfect, perfect or perfection. Fuck Those that words shit. are, I, I'm interested to see where you're going to go with that because I've been saying for a while now, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cancel. I'm not into cancel culture or canceling things, but I was like, you know, that word or the, that variation of the word has created so much unrealistic expectation. And even in myself, and that became from my personal and professional growth over the years. Like, you know what? Let's remove that from from the equation, from the process. Because it's so like, oh, that, that's not, you know, uh, I, I didn't really nail that per- perfectly or that perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's a whole, you could do a whole podcast just on perfection issues. Yeah, it's 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 fear-based. Yeah. It's fear-based and it's completely, it's, 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 it could be. I'm going to say this. I could walk it back later. It could be the most delusional idea that man has ever had because that implies that I'm going to get everything right the first time forever. And that also, well, what is 100% right? In whose eyes, in whose representation, right? I mean, what's perfect to you is could be not perfect to me. What's perfect to me could not be perfect to you. So that's the other thing. It's also, what do you need to see to, for it to reach this, this supposed perf- perfection state, you know? Um, yeah. And, and then again, it, uh, it also kills humor, dude. It also ugh. kills humor. Perfectionism kills humor. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, give me good enough and funny all day long. And I'll, I'll run that energy across the finish line and then the next one and then the next one. And the person that's so puckered up about, you know, getting it right and fear of failure and, and people judging them, mm-hmm. they don't, they never, they never get out of the garage. That's, that's what builds a great comedian. You, any great comedian will tell you. Guys, like you're going to have those bad deliveries, those bad days on stage and everything else. But, and granted, this also have, has a high rate of depression and, and other, we've seen a lot of great comedians lost over the years from suicide and other issues. It's very tragic uh, because they thought they built a thick enough skin and maybe there's some, still some deep seated issues going on there. And maybe it goes back to their the telephobia. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. Fear of not being good enough. I'm afraid I'm not going to, I'm not good enough. So I'm going to try and be fucking perfect the whole time. No, no you're not. No. no, you're not. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's, it's the talent killer. Yeah. Because imagine how much more talent we could see out there if people weren't self killing their, their potential, it, the potential, yes. the positivity yeah. of that potential. Yeah. yeah. Get, getting in the arena and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's either win or learn, you know? I had this conversation little yesterday, actually. Because I love running chainsaws. Thanks to serving as a firefighter, I have an unhealthy obsession with with, with my, <laughs> my chainsaws. To the point where when I got married, I upset the whale a little bit. I didn't ask them for this. Three of my oldest boys picked me up a steel MS-461. It's the exact top-used chainsaw in wildland firefighting. 76 cc's of displacement off that powerhead. Uh, currently, I'm only running a 24-inch bar, but we ran anywhere from 28 to 32 to 33-inch length bars in that motherfucker. Let me tell you, I love Dude, running chainsaws. You might as well be speaking <laughs> Mongolian, right? and and I and I love it. <laughs> the point here is, guys, like. Dude, you should start. You should you should just start another company and just train people on chainsaws. I was like, dude, I'm not doing it as a business. I've, have I helped people? I've literally helped build mountain biking trails with my chainsaws. I've helped friends from storm damage. Actually, back when Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast in 2012, my you know we're laid off for the winter. My fire brothers called me up. I'm living in Colorado. Like, yo, bro, hop in the Jeep. We're going to the East Coast, and we have no idea where we're going, but you're from there. And next thing you know, we ran a startup 
you know, tree cleanup business for the next 30 to 60 days. Just rolling. And you crushed. Oh, dude, we made some money. And you, dude. And you, and you crushed. You're yeah. like, all, all a neighborhood needs is one of you. <laughs> well, that's it. Because my, my chiropractor doesn't love me, but like this weekend, I ran out, <laughs> a, I, I ran out a commercial wood chipper. Like the mm. big ones you put toe behind the car. I've done this twice last year and twice the year before because I'm grooming my woods. I'm building my own mountain biking trail on the land. I, I, I My wife thinks I'm crazy. But I was like, listen, I'm outside. I'm not plugged into technology. I'm wielding my chainsaw. I'm in a very happy place. It's called meditation, babe. Exactly. You know? And so I ran that wood chipper for 10 hours this week. To the point where the rental place didn't even tell me there's an eight-hour run limit on the rental cycle. They're like, you're two hours over your limit. I'm like, what limit? I was like, I just, I, I was chipping. <laughs> I was like, there's a limit? There's a limit to how much a chip? I just spent you $400 to rent the darn thing. And the guy's like, well, yeah. I mean, he's like, was it just you? I was like, yeah. He's like, you ran this for 10 hours this weekend? I'm like, yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing it. But again, okay. you, you, you've reached legendary status in, in at the at that <laughs> right. shop. The guy, they, so the guy's like, "All right, I'm gonna throw it in." Because then I showed him a photo of the chainsaw. <laughs> we broke out a little bit, but the point is, like, there's that mindset shift. Like years ago, I thought, "Oh, I'm not good enough for this promotion, and that promotion." Then once I got out of my own way, next thing you know, I'm making more money than my friends who are coming out of college, and I'm still working my way on nights and weekends. They're like. I don't understand what you do. I'm like, I coach, train, and develop people. And they're like, yeah, but like, why are you making more money than me? I'm like, because I'm really good at it. But that was back in 2006, you know. Um, I didn't have that amazing epiphany and experience like you did. Uh, but eventually, you have to listen to people. Like when I got back from firefighting, I never planned on starting up a sales consultancy, but my friends from before I left, they're like, Scott. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you've always had the gift of gap. I'm like, yeah, podcasting. He's like, no, no, no. He's just like, you can sell shit to an Eskimo, let alone ice. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he's like, people need to figure that out from you and learn that. He's like, you might want to consider doing that. And I said, okay. And I looked into it. I'm like, oh, if, if you're willing to get out of your own way, you could accomplish anything. And now I, I'm not patting my own back, but I'm more successful now than I've ever been if you want to look at it just from a dollar standpoint. But I'm also in a happier place now. I'm married now. I have a house. Like, back to your point about that mindset. I put this in my book. Like, dude, if I hadn't gotten out of my own way, my wife dumped my ass before I even was able to propose to her. Like, I didn't even make it past the first year anniversary of dating. Because she's like, dude, you have these walls. She's like, I'm not just one of your dudes. Because I was, you know, it was right after firefighting. (laughs) I was an idiot. Head was so far up my ass, it's not even funny. Not willing to embrace vulnerability. I put a chapter in my book on that because that's, that was such a massive shift of growth for me, right? Just slowing down and realizing like, yo, who gives a shit how much you're making, where you live, and what your job title is? This chick actually wants to spend time with you. <laughs> Maybe you want to embrace that and get out of your own way. Uh, so, yeah, I wasn't in your program, but I was... I no joke, did I had all these online programs? I bought videos. I bought these. I, this is all the online shit. You know how to how to get your ex back. I obviously I did, but text your ex back. But what I realized, thanks to my psychology education, was what you're talking about. Some of these were really really good. Some of them were hitting about the choice of words, how you say them, when you say them, when it's important to shut up and listen. So I'm, I'm just loving our podcast tonight because I'm connecting on everything. It's awesome. And if, if 
it, it all comes back to us, you know, regardless of the way that the conversation is steered, th- this, um, we got to go in. The, the way forward is in folks. Otherwise it's war. Otherwise it's war. And, and, and to, to further contextualize the conversation about between beginner syndrome and, and, and imposter syndrome. So beginner syndrome, it's, it's the awkwardness. It's the skill acquisition. It's like, Oh, what am I doing? And then you figure it out and then, and then you get better at it. And then your, your confidence, it, it, it increases with your competence. And then, and then, and then there's what people would describe as imposter syndrome. Once they get good at whatever the thing is, most of that is, is, is a telephobia, just a general fear of not being good enough. It's like, I'm good at what I do and I'm here. Okay. Yet there's part of me that feels, um, and, and I saw this, not that I needed any extra confirmation. I got the last piece of any confirmation that I needed about anything, uh, two months ago down in Texas on a, doing a, podcast with a special forces guy. I'll bring that up here in a second. Mm. 2011, I do a summer in um, London and uh, I did one session with some, with some, a person in the C-suite in oil and gas. And they were like, I go to work every day and I think that they're going to find out. And I go, find out what? That's go, the same. Hmm. Did I, did I, I, I shouldn't be here. And the the person's credentials were up through the roof, and they were obviously very smart, and they'd been doing the thing at a high level for a long time, and and then and they they told all their friends, and I booked up with people from the C suite in oil and gas for the entire summer, um, and eighty percent of them had a similar story. Okay, Interesting. And, right? And then um, I go down multi billion dollar companies. I these mean, are. Multi-million dollar probably salaries. I mean. Yes. Very accurate. And um, you ever heard of Tim Kennedy, by the way? Yes. Yeah. So um, I've done some work with he and a guy named Matt Boudreau. They own Apogee Strong and they do trainings for um, young men. And now they're into men's groups and things like that. And I've I've done three workshops for them. Yeah, they're they're super cool. And um, uh, Matt put me in touch, not with Tim, but Tim's people down in Texas at Sheepdog Response. And they've got a, they in the whole building, it's a compound, um, uh, jujitsu school and then offices and they, all the retail and everything. They've got a podcast. It's called, Can You Survive This Podcast? Podcast. And a guy named Jeff Gonzalez. That excites uh, me. Uh, right? I don't know he, why. He, <laughs> yeah. They, um, so I went on their show while I was down there. And um, he's a, a former Navy SEAL team guy for many years. And you know what we talked about? The whole one trick pony thing. Same thing. We talked about the words, victim mentality, telephobia, all the stuff, the and, and fear of not being good enough and imposter syndrome, beginner syndrome. And at the end, he goes, you know, I, I this is exactly how he said it with soft talk. He goes, I, I think that there's probably a lot of that in, in, in the SF community. The special forces community, the most elite gangster fighters out there are suffering from a fear of not being good enough, even though they're obviously good enough because they made it through selection and and all the thing. And yet they're riddled with this fear of and, and where is it coming from? We've got a glitch in our language, everybody. And you know what? Let's get this in there, too. The ancients knew it. 
when I say abracadabra, what do you immediately think of? Well, you think of a magician, you know, you know, magic, you know. You think of magic. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, so I lived in Thailand for 10 years. I also did an 18-month stint in uh, Ecuador. Oh, very cool. And it's very cool. I have friends in the house down there. Where where at? Tur oh, no, they opened the bar called Turtle Turtle something. See, now I gotta look it up. I hate that. This is so weird. They no, this is great. They used to work with me at T Mobile. <laughs> three That's shout three outs. Times. Is this this know. over four hundred like, podcasts have you ever this? had? I mean, I, by the way, they, I, I've never taken a sponsor ever. Uh, so. <laughs> That's oh man. See, I they might be your up. first one. Tur they might be your first one. Turtle Bar Ecuador is the name of their bar that they opened up. Uh, lo lovely couple of gentlemen, uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, I lived in, in Vilcabamba for, for 18 months, which is a very cool little hippie town um, right in the middle of the Andes Mountains at the, at, the, at the southern tip right above Peru. And I was out to lunch with uh, San some friends. San Jacinto Manabi. San Jacinto Manabi. Am I saying that right? I did. I I'm, uh, yeah, I basically went there, parked I it, and wrote, I wrote a, wrote the a script for an online course. Anyway, oh, okay. we're out to lunch with friends and this guy, he goes, Hey man, you know what abracadabra means? He knew what I was doing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic. And he goes, no, no, it's way cooler than that. And you can look this up. Everybody It's true. Abracadabra is Aramaic which is an ancient language still spoken in some parts of the Middle East. It's the language the original Old Testament was written in. And he, and, and he told me the story of, of how abracadabra translates to with my word I create or with my word I influence. The, the teachers of the day would, would triangulate abracadabra and wear it around their neck to remind them of the power and the mechanism of the, of the of, of words because they knew if their language was working against them, whatever they wanted to do was going to be harder than what it needed to be. Hmm. Well, here's something right here. I will create as I speak or Aramaic, I create like the word. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Saying the same thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, will, I like yeah. how that's flipped, though. I will create as I speak. Oh, that's what that is. All right. I saw that on your website, and I was like, dude, does he literally have a medallion showing abracadabra? So that's okay. William Author Jewelry. These are custom pieces I've got. So it's the pen and the sword. So um, I got a screenshot of that, So too. You, you'd, you'd be on your bicycle with an AR. I'd be on my bicycle with an AK-47. That's the only platform that I run. <laughs> and um, Well, they love yeah. to run dirty. Do they run? You can dirty as shit, man. Love them, and um, uh, yeah. So it's it's the pen and the sword. It's the you know the the first and second amendment. Thanks again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's us. I do, and I, that that love that. It, it, that's a that's share that. Remember thirty, fifty, eighty. Everybody, yeah. go tell somebody what abracadabra really means, and you can ask them. Here, here's how you set it up. I've been talking about this shit for years. Go, when I say abracadabra, what do you immediately think of? Damn near everybody's going to go to magic. There's going to be one person out there that goes to Steve Miller Band, but that's just, you know, <laughs> what do you do? And um, and yeah, so that's part of the but How many people are going to actually connect to an Aramaic definition, right? Very interesting. Actually, that's a fun trivia question. 
That's yeah. a great trivia question. That's something you do over, I mean, if you drink. That's something you do over some drinks with some buddies, you know, just to test test the room out. That's a great, gra- ice, that's an icebreaker. That's a great icebreaker. It's a icebreaker. great icebreaker. Yeah. Well, I also, I love the percentages though too because I'm a numbers guy as well. Mm-hmm. But also, full circle back to the earlier in the show. Remember how you had mentioned, you know, that guy said, hey, you, you're the one trick pony, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to, be worried because I was becoming this Scott of all trades. I called myself remember the Jack of all <laughs> trades because I wore in so many hats. I mean, when I was younger, I was having two, three jobs at a time because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm just going to keep trying things. I was a bouncer. I was a bartender. I was, a, I was, I mean, I've done a lot of shit. And then I fast forward all that to this day. And I look back and I'm like, I'm okay with that. But that's, that's for me. Now, obviously I've honed a focal point, you know, because you do need to be, focused on something that you truly are so successful with that the world needs it. And that's what I want to align on from a positivity standpoint is I want to make people heard that like it's okay to be a one trick pony because that one trick in your world is a massive bubble of information, a massive bubble of guidance uh, that you guys are doing at Unlifted. So uh, again, I'm not one of your people that's just me from all the research I've done after Rob passed you on everything you talked about tonight. I'm just like, yeah, dude, I'm okay with that one trick pony. You got, you got a lot me, of tricks aligned with that one trick pony. <laughs> I have, I have other interests. Sure. Okay. So I've got here, here, here's, here's a, here's an interesting formula. And this came about from, I was on the hippie scene for uh, a little while, 2012, as like 13, 14, yeah. uh-huh. as, as in like the, the, the festival scene. Oh yeah. Like the, like yeah. the, like the, uh, festivals down in Costa Rica and stuff, you know, really, really cool setup. And it's very common that, you know, you'll you go to a festival and it'll be workshops, cool workshops throughout the day and then uh, dance music at night. And so I, uh, I was on the scene for a few years and I kept hearing people say, you know, look at these words, everybody. I need, I need to find my purpose. Oh, dude, I was throwing around. I, I, I was guilty of throwing that around. Yeah. No, pr- no pressure. No pressure, everybody. Let's let's unpack that. Even though, yeah, uh, I need to find my purpose. And and you know, for me, even though I fell in love on site and and thought this was cool as shit, and still think it is the whole language and word game. I I did not commit to the thing until ten years in. Hmm. So here's 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 a good progression. Explore your interests. What are you interested in? Oh, jujitsu is interesting. Okay, go go do it for six months. See what happens. You'll know everything you need to know. Okay, explore your interests, develop your passions, and commit to your purposes. And you'll only only know what those things are to you by doing repetitions of them, by getting in there and 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 putting in the reps. Get, getting over yourself about the beginner syndrome and, you know, okay, fine. It's a little awkward at first. It's going to be a little awkward at first. And yeah, you fucked it up there. Who cares? You're going to do it again and just, just stay in the game. Right. And then, then the things, the things will, they'll choose you as much as you choose them. Now I got off stage at, um, we did a TEDx talk in 2017 and, um, I mean, we, we stepped up to the plate and swung and connected and knocked it out of the park. It was, um, so I've given uh, somewhere over right around 750 presentations, workshops on this one thing, right? That's a lot of reps. And it's a lot of, it's a, it's a good amount of reps. And and then it was about, it was about 500. I was 10 years in and um, the talk was at the Carpenter Center in Richmond, where I'm from. So my hometown, the Carpenter Center is the 
premier theater, 1,800 people, live streamed to 155,000 people, recorded forever on the internet, you know, go for it, right? And uh, we delivered and I got off stage and I went back to my hotel room and locked the door and turned off the phone and stared at the wall. And when, when I when I came out of that trance, um, yeah, yep. I found it. <laughs> Yep. Identity versus process. Reinterpreting Identity failure. Right there. Yeah. Um I I I committed. I go, I'm this is this has held my attention the whole time. I I don't have any further questions. Um, I'm gonna do this for 50 years. So I got into my uh again, one trick pony. I got into my calendar and scrolled down to January 17th, 2057. It took me a little while to get down there. And that's my last day on the job. That that means I've been in this one game for 50 years. I want to know what that feels like. I don't I'm not sure what I'm gonna do on that day. I might send an email. I might do a I'm not gonna do a podcast because I'm only gonna do a thousand podcasts. This is a true story. I'm gonna do a thousand and, and I'm gonna leave that. If we haven't gone on Rogan by nine hundred and ninety nine, I'm just gonna keep come that on. one for him. He's gotta get you on. I'm just saying. I'm thinking I'm so this is 3:42. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking 4 4 I'm saying between yeah, 450 first 475. First 500. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Positive mindset setting actual goals that are attainable, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. First 500 is the quota. Yeah. And it's 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 through it's it's through the reps. Um you know I I posted in the the enlisted coaching coaches community um, hey, if anybody's got any got got a cool connect for podcasts, um, please please introduce me. And I got 15 podcasts from doing that, and this is one of them. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my best to get Jeffrey Gittimer on here for you because you guys would crush together. I don't even listen to my, our fucking podcast, and I'll listen to that <laughs> podcast. Um, and then and then it just it's um it's just what happens when you get 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 in the game, get your hands dirty, folks. Keep and then you know wake up and drink some coffee and do it again. Yep. I, I, I'm the one thing I like about being realizing the value in a one trick pony, so to speak, is that, and then balancing with the Scott of all trades or whatever Mark of all trades is that, well, once you give yourself a focal point, you could put all that fuel on the fire. And then when you need a break, now you get to cycle in random things that you, hey, you know, let me dabble in that. Like you're saying, put in some reps on it. Like, I've got this new house. Actually, even the old house when I met when I moved in with my wife. Next thing you know, I I can I can plumb a bathroom. I could I could I could I could braze copper piping. My plumber actually said I did a good job. That's not easy, but I figured it out. And I was lucky on the first try. Do I want to do it professionally? No, I'm happy to pay the professional to do it, right? Um, no joke, dude. Speed of coffee. The man zone, the guy left behind a beer, uh, a kegerator. And uh, I don't drink beer. At T Mobile? No. <laughs> But so I was like, you know, this house, I was like, oh, so I, I took his lame stickers off and I, a mountain biker, skydiver, firefighter, right? You know, I, I got a sticker collection. It's an unhealthy obsession or maybe it's healthy. So I started shellacking it. And then I noticed on the side, there was a hole for kegerator. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just put some water in there. You know, it's my gym. It's in the gym. And uh, so today, no joke, real time, I'm over picking up a, a jug of cold brew coffee from a coffee roaster so I could bring it home and make my own cold brew. I can make it myself too. But then I told him about the thing and he asked, he's got him on the taps. He's like, you know, you could just put your own coffee tap in that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, what? He goes, yeah, why don't you just tap the keg but make sure there's coffee in it since you quit beer years ago. And I was like, 
oh, I could do that. He's like, yeah, here's the name of the business. You can get all the parts, components. So what do you think I did today? <laughs> I went and bought all the parts. What do you think I'm going to do this weekend? I'm going to unplug from my technology. Your, yeah. And I'm going to figure out how to run my own tap lines and then go back to his store with the photograph and say, I'm ready for the keg. And I'm going to have nitrogen-fed cold brew coffee on tap in the gym in the man zone. Because it's important to set positive goals. And, and have and have support in the periphery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's um, that's forty servings of nitro cold brew, mm. and chainsaws because they're stored out there. I mean, it's a great combination, sir. <laughs> in a barn, I yeah, I, you you, uh, you had me you had me before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's just, again where I was ten years ago to where I am today, and having fun conversations about this. Like, dude, my mindset wasn't there. Again, full circle as we we're trying to bring this show to a close. It's like that timeline thing that I talked about, and that you've really given us a ton of fuel on people's fires. Hearing this is that it's okay if you're early on, or hell, if you think you're late on, and now you feel like you might need to hit rewind to kind of reboot a section of that timeline. I just remind people, don't don't look at that section if you don't feel happy about it. Never look at it with regret. Back to that, hating the word perfect. When that, when that mindset shifted for me years ago, it was like, dude, I will never look back as anything regretful, right? I looked at having to realize my head was at my ass to, to win my, my now wife. Okay, I needed to grow from that. That was my growth. I could have looked at that as a negative. But no, luckily my mindset had already started growing in the right way on the timeline. I'm like, okay, no, maybe I should look at myself. Maybe I should look at the words I'm using, the actions I'm taking. Maybe I should go find some coaches and some courses to follow. And I went, dude, I took all my personal professional development and for the next 90 days just went all in on romance and and female to male communication and, and tapped back into my old psychology courses. I went nuts. Uh, and I told my wife that one and she goes, yeah, you're definitely not normal. And I was like, yeah, but you married me. So, well, luckily it only took 90 days, but I didn't look at that as a problem. I looked at it as a chance to grow. I don't know. Maybe no, I mean, I, it's, you aren't, if, if this is the general you, if you aren't a little bit crazy, you know. Well, I'll just quote Tyson Fury. He said, if I wasn't crazy, I wouldn't be great. Mm. See, there's some mindset. I like that. Again, but how many reps did he put in? Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. Pick something and 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 uh, get good at it. The people that that I have observed that like themselves more than the average person, okay, have gotten good at something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I really believe that it's hard to it's like yourself. Exactly. It's, it's, it's hard to like yourself if you've never gotten good at something. I'm not talking about being the best in the fucking world. No. I'm talking about being good. Like you got good at it. You, you put it in the reps because you listen, we all have to prove stuff to ourselves. And, and that kind of attention and uh, um, connection, there, there's a certain kind of, there's a certain flavor of attention and recognition that we can only give ourselves. And when we have done that to a degree, it's a very kind thing to do in context to the people that we're 
we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. Because when that connection is made and you give yourself a nod and you give yourself some credit, then it, it starts to unravel these weird codependencies. We stop needing so much from other people. And we're just it it, it just it, it creates that that warm, fuzzy, fun vibe that people yeah. enjoy being around. Yep. And and it's not just but then also realizing the other growth point for me from that was also realizing that be proud of what you're good at. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks, dude. Once you got your 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 your, I hate to call it armor, but once your armor, unless you got a better word for it, is built up with all that confidence, because you know you've gotten great at least this one thing. That means I I can add something else to that list and another thing to that list, and I don't need to be a PhD in chainsaw operations, right? Like. I know there's people way the hell better than me, but I know enough to get down and dirty and it makes me happy. And then I can take that energy and take it into the next project and the next project, right? So uh, I'm very good at wiring floodlights on the house. I did that last weekend. My neighbor thinks I'm crazy. He goes, dude, you're just always doing projects. I was like, yeah, because I'm so plugged into my tech during the week and hustling, I need to unplug. And I love getting dirty and getting shit done. Because I realized over the years, the farm kid that grew up on a farm was a, afraid to tell kids that he was a shitty little farm kid. Well, one thing it did to me was built me one hell of a strong-ass worker. And take that ethic and ethics, that work ethic into every single thing that I did until today. And I now look back at that now as value. And I take that back to my parents. My, I tell them, like, thank you. Thank you for making me learn how to take care of animals and do all this hard work and all that stuff. But when I was a kid, I thought that was a a shortcoming, like all that stuff. We all have it. It's all in us. Second guessing, not lack of confidence, chasing perfection, wanting the the bigger salary or the, the nicer car, or all these things. You know, we talked about Lamborghinis earlier, for God's sakes. I mean, I could care less about a Lambo. I agree. Jack a nice truck up. By the way, I saw your truck in the background when you panned around. That is a nice truck. Uh, I'm just happy to have a Jeep again, you know. <laughs> With a winch. With a lift and 35s. And steel rock crawler bumpers already on board and floodlighted out. So, yeah, they saved me a lot of effort. (laughs) I could focus running on chainsaws more. But listen, Mark, I got to let you get back to your evening. We've rocked now uh, 90 minutes on the show. So, I try to keep it to an hour or less, but when I have a powerful hitter like you, you got to keep going. Just flow with it. That was was fun, man. That was a lot. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, and again, it's, it's you're the guest co-host. That's the point. I don't mm-hmm. interview people because I want us to have just a natural conversation. And if by the end it feels like, dude, I feel like I've been hanging out with this guy before, that's a good energy for me. I, I, I tell people all the time, I want my audience to get a great value out of this, but I, I'm a little selfish. I want to enjoy the conversation for myself and, and pick up a lot of knowledge myself because then I can pass that on to other people too. And you've definitely been putting in the reps, my friend. So by the way, what year is it now? How many years have you been at this? 16. 16. 16 of 50. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. 34 to go. 34 to go. And then we got a uh, goal today under 500 needs to be established for Joe Rogan. I see that potential. You know enough powerful people. Enough people are going to drop your yeah. name and words, and that'll just cycle into the te- in them. So, uh, and you, gotta, you have a TEDx, for God's sakes. I mean, geez. So, listen, I ask my guest co-hosts, when I bring the show to a close, it's not about me. It's about you. So, and one thing in the past year especially is I used to ask people to leave behind some final words for the show. And then thanks to this growth, I've realized in the past year of five plus years of podcasting is now I'm like, you know what? What's that legacy? Like, again, that could change. But if there was a legacy message that you wanted to leave behind 
And that could change in a couple of years. But right here, right now, what are those words you'd like to leave behind since words are so powerful to our audience? That your language, I'm speaking to the audience, you listening to this, that your language is powerfully influencing you for better and for worse. And just with a minimal of, of, of amount of education, you you can uh, uh, you can change the way you've seen yourself. You can change the way you 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 see your place in the world. You can change the way uh, that you interact with with other people. And most importantly, we didn't talk about this as much as I normally talk about it on podcasts. And because we're known as the language people, and that's nice. It's great. It's great to be known for something. We might as well be known as the language and the breathing people. And push comes to shove, gun to head. It's about the breath. You can learn to use your words in more uh, constructive and, um, dare I say, and I do dare say, elegant ways and and unlock your breathing. Because guess what? It's hard to enjoy being you when your breath is trapped in your chest. And that's where most people's breath is trapped. It's trapped in their chest. A little fun fact. The second and third most commonly purchased over-the-counter medications are indigestion medication and constipation medication. And in my personal and professional opinion, it's because people's breath is trapped in their chest and it's because their language is – they just haven't learned about – the power of their words. And so change your words, change some words, not the words, just some, some words and watch your breath unlock and descend back down into your abdomen where it's supposed to be most of the time, parasympathetic nervous system response. It's called rest and digest, feed and breed. And you'll be, you'll sound different. You'll feel different. You'll, you'll be more fun to talk to. You'll be more fun, um, uh, to be around, you, you will smile more and you'll be way more prone to laugh at stuff. I was talking about this earlier. The, planet Earth is not the place to be if you don't have a sense of humor. So true. Well said. So so, so, so think about your thinking, folks. Start thinking more about your thinking and watch what happens. Mm. Strong words, sir. Listen, hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I don't close the show out. They do. Drop the bombs. But again, as a reminder, that breath is key. We've talked about before on this show from a fitness standpoint. Imagine if you can tie that into your language like he's talking about, the words you're using. Let's really think deep about that. We got a lot of stuff to link into the show notes uh, from today. So don't hesitate to go back to livethefield.com and find a lot of the stuff that we kind of talked about, the influencers we talked about. I have a lot of notes to get my VA to get up online for you guys. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. So as a reminder, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon.